And I'm Colton Spore, uh, the other co-host of this segment. How you doing this week, Colton? You've been pretty busy with stuff going on? Oh, yeah. I've been swamped between work and, you know, of course, me and you are in the middle of uh, midterms. So yep. that's been, you know, trying to find time to study and then, <laughs> you know, taking the midterms. And, oh, yeah, it's just definitely a busy time of year. For sure, yeah. And then on top of all that, trying to keep up with going on, what's going on in the sports world and that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, just kind of keeping super – Keep it busy week for us both this past week here. So do you kind of want to talk about our last, our picks from our last uh, episode? We can kind of start from there. Yeah, let's get into it. You want to start? Yeah, sure. So uh, my first couple pick, I'll talk about my winners first, just because I had more winners than losers, thankfully, this time. Uh, my first two winners I had the, on the Monday night football game, I had the Saints Chargers over 50 and a half. That was my lock. That hit pretty easily. And I also had the Chargers plus eight. They were able to – you remember what the final score of that game was? I don't remember off the top of my head. The Chargers-Saints game? Yeah. Oh, shoot, I don't. It ended up being high scoring, though. Yeah, yeah. I think that it was within, I don't know, three, four, five points, somewhere around there. I don't remember exactly, but they were able to – I know they covered pretty well and stuff. But then my only, my only loss so far is Bills three and a half – the Titans on the Tuesday night football game and they just Titans just flat out came out and dominated that whole game from start to finish. It wasn't even close at all. So oh my that, goodness. Yeah. That was surprising. Yeah. I was looking forward to a close game. Yeah, for sure. Then my two pending uh, picks from last time were the, uh, for the NLCS, it was Dodgers and six, which as of right now is not looking great, but still you no know, has a chance to turn around here. And in the ALCS is was the Astros in seven. And right now, current s- score in the series is Ast- or, um, Rays are up three games to one. And as of as of recording right now, it's game five, and the score it looks like top of the eighth. Scores tied three three. So depending on how obviously if Rays win this one, that series is over and that bet's lost. But if the Astros keep winning, then then. That pick's so alive for me. So how about your picks? How'd you do? Well, just like you, I hit a couple on that Monday night game. I had the Chargers um, over 21 and a half. That felt like a lot to me. And then I had the same pick as you. I had the Monday night football total over. I just saw, like you said, a, a bunch of points being scored in that game, and it happened. Um, and then last night I had the Coastal Carolina-Louisiana over, and – the over was – I missed the over by one point, and it actually came down to they missed two extra points in the first half. So oh God. Yeah, if they hit one of those, I push. If they hit both, I win. So that was that was kind of tough, and that was my lock of the week too, so that lost. And then I had the NLCS under game two. Um, part of that was because Clayton Kershaw was supposed to pitch. He got scratched with, I want to say, back spasms, right? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Something back – something in his back, yeah. Yep, so that game ended up going way over. I think it was 8-7, to seven, and he's slated to pitch game three tonight on Thursday. And then – Four, I think. That's right. Oh, yep, you're right. And Yep, game four. And then I had Astros money line in game one the night that we um, recorded last, and that lost. That was my upset pick. And then I still have a pending pick. Um, I have the Dodgers to win the NLCS. So mm-hmm. right now I'm sitting at four, four and five. Uh, I'm half a game behind you at four and four. <laughs> yep. Still got some pending 
some get some series that are pending and we'll give our new best five a little bit later on. So why don't we, since we were kind of talking about baseball, why don't we kind of talk about how both the championship series have done so far? Sound, sound good? Yeah, let's get into it. Sure. So as of right now, so like we said, this is Thursday evening recording this. Um, as of right now, the Rays, like we, I said earlier, the Rays are up three to one. Um, kind of fun fact so far in this series that all the games have gone under so far, each individual game. Um, I forget. Did you look at all? Look up at all what the over under for this game five was? Or no, game yeah, game five was tonight. I didn't see it, but I mean, heck, it might be lower now because all those all those unders have hit. The most runs that have been scored is seven, I think. Yeah, I want to say it was at least somewhere in the eight or nine range, if I had to guess. So as of right, currently right now, it's under, but we'll we'll kind of see what happens there. Do you think uh, Rays close it out tonight, or is it going to keep going for another couple of days? Well, I don't know, but I know you're rooting for the Astros to win the next couple. <laughs> I'm just surprised, like, how good – I guess how good the, the Rays are doing compared – I thought the Astros would be put up a better fight than they have so far, but – Yeah, and I've seen a lot on Twitter about the Rays' defense has been playing super well. I've seen a lot of highlight videos. Yeah, so we could be looking – if the Rays close it out, obviously if, when this comes out we'll know, we'll know what happened, but the Rays close us out, they're looking at a World Series next week. And then on the other side, we have Braves, Dodgers. As of right now, that, that game four has not started yet. So Braves are currently up two to one. Um, Dodgers finally pulled out a win last night in game three, which I'm sure I, I texted you this, that this, so I, I got updates to my phone every time for every score and stuff. And I, I saw like, holy cow, like Dodgers are up like four, nothing, six, nothing, eight, nothing, 10, nothing. ended up being like 12, nothing. I was like, Oh, I wonder how this game must be going fast. So I look, it's still the first inning. <laughs> Dodgers are literally up 12, nothing in the first inning over the Braves. I was like, what in the world is going on here? Like, I yeah, they put, up, they put up a ton of runs in that first. Yeah. It was crazy. And go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, the, uh, the over, over under for that game was like nine and a half and that, smoked that within the first 25 minutes of the game the Dodgers had 12 runs and then ended up winning the game 15 to 3 so they're currently like I said Braves are up 2 to 1 game 4 should be starting here in a little bit at the time of recording so and right and you mentioned earlier Kershaw didn't pitch game 2 because of a back injury but he's scheduled to pitch tonight game 4 against a Bryce Wilson from the Braves so do we think the Dodgers tie it up tonight go 2-2 or what do we think for game 4 tonight I think so. I think Kershaw is just uh, too tough to beat. And honestly, the series has surprised me. I really thought the Dodgers would win in four or five. So mm -hmm. it's been surprising. It was really surprising to see the Braves jump out to a 2-0 lead. Yeah, definitely for sure. I didn't. Did you put anything down at all for the individual game or no? I didn't. I didn't know. Did you? I didn't either. I probably could have. I guess I was more focused on the overall series itself. And maybe like next week when we look getting to uh, – like the uh, individual World Series games, we can maybe look at, go out a game by game or something like that, maybe think of it that way too. So um, like we said, we have, you said you have Dodgers in the NLCS, right? Yep, I have them, yep, advancing to the World Series. That's my pending bet still. Gotcha, and I need, I need Dodgers in six. And I think Dodgers, for me, Dodgers in six looks more likely than Astros in seven, but you know, crazier things have happened. So we'll see kind of, how that goes and then the rest of that series or rest 
uh, excuse me, rest of the for both series goes Friday, Saturday, and then if the game if Braves Dodgers need a game seven, they'll go on Sunday, and then I think. I don't know, remember exactly, but I think the World Series probably starts on either next Monday or Tuesday. So we'll know by next next episode what uh, what teams will be playing there. So looking forward to it. Definitely. So I guess so now we can kind of transition, kind of go back to talking about college football. Like, it, do you want to kind of like you mentioned it a little bit earlier? Do you want to kind of mention the uh, game from last night? It was Coastal Carolina and Louisiana, correct? Yep. Yep, that was the game last night. Um, like we said, the, I I had the over. That was my lock of the week. And the game was tight all the way through. And, uh, yeah, it came down to Coastal Carolina 1 on a field goal with, uh, yeah, with eight seconds left. And that over-under missed by one point. I needed 58, and they hit 57. And those two extra points uh, cost me. Those, I think- are the, those are the worst when they you lose it by – so much and then even even with that field goal you're still short within one just like oh my come on now what are we doing yeah. here yeah so I either needed a touchdown or that game to go to overtime and I didn't get either so mm-hmm. yeah that hurt and I want to say Coastal Carolina was the underdog there um yeah, yeah Louis- right yep Louisiana's favored by nine so if you had Coastal Carolina money line that was a pretty good payout there the thing I saw was like pl- they're they're like plus two 60 something or 240 somewhere in that range there so pretty decent oh, payout wow. if you had that so definitely for sure yeah and then some Good other value kind of, for a team coming undefeated oh yeah for sure then like some other kind of news hitting college football this week we had you no know, COVID starting to hit the sec now we had the the top the top coach in all of college football nick saban testing positive for coronavirus so it can definitely like we it's hit the president it's hit other college coaches so it can pretty much hit anybody and kind of interesting note in this game so Alabama plays Georgia this week that would be it's still that'd be a great game to see a that's the first regular season game between Saban and Kirby Smart of Georgia but just by the news of Saban hit it testing positive that the, the line shifted from Alabama was a seven point favorite to now a four and a half point favorite so just the absence of Nick Saban costs Bama two and a half points in the spread there. It's crazy to think that. Yeah, that's the power of Saban. We saw something similar in the Patriots-Chiefs game a few weeks Mm -hmm. ago when Cam Newton tested positive. That line completely changed. Yeah, it's amazing how a certain player or coach can alter a line just like that. So that'll be kind of interesting to – I'm sure we'll talk about that that game in a little bit when we talk about games this week. And then the other news is – LSU and Florida, they got postponed after an outbreak at Florida there. And it's kind of funny, but like it's people are like tying this backwards. Like after Florida's lost at Texas A&M, he's he, uh, their Florida's head coach, Dan Mullen, said that he wants to want to have like full uh, like a full, full fans in the stadium, have like a full stadium for Florida's game against LSU because Texas A&M had fans in their stadium. He thought, you know, that they had pretty good pretty good home field advantage so he wanted that same thing and then all of a sudden a few days later there's an outbreak at Florida and then people are kind of tying that back to what Mullen said but I think it was more of like a Mullen lost it it was a close loss and it was emotional like how he said it so I wouldn't say it is exactly that people are trying to tie it that way though so I guess yeah that was that was something I thought was interesting coming into the season 
because, you know, some state, I mean, each state has different guidelines and rules and regulations with COVID and, and you get, you know, advantages and disadvantages like that, where Texas plays with a full stadium and some other states mm-hmm. might not allow it. So, yeah, I kind of thought there might be conference guidelines. Like, I think is all the Big Ten is just like limit, like hardly any fans, basically. Basically just friends and family is what I, and it's a very small number too across the Big Ten. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of like those conference standards where you get um, kind of a more level playing field because, yeah, I can understand his frustrations, definitely. Yeah, SEC is just a different different breed, and it just means more in the SEC, I guess. So, yeah, built different. Yeah, so I guess kind of that's kind of most of the news that I saw throughout the week. So we can kind of move to talking about kind of the weekend games a little bit. Uh, is there any games to you that stuck out in particular? I thought, um, you know, obviously the biggest game of the week that you touched on was Georgia at Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, a top a top five matchup. Uh, the two. Uh, heavyweights in the STC with LSU being kind of down this year. And then I thought the other one was Texas A&M at Mississippi State because, mm-hmm. you know, Mississippi State shown signs of, of being, you know, an elite offense. And, you know, it's there with Mike Leach. And, yeah, Texas A&M, like we touched on, is coming off a big win against Florida. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah, just looking at the full slate for this week, I, nothing really was like crazy to me. Nothing like not a, not a lot of like, um, not a lot really stood out other than like we said Alabama, Georgia, uh, and Texas A&M, Mississippi State. But a couple other ones, I notable ones I saw was like Miami and Pittsburgh. Miami moved to number thirteen after their loss to Clemson, and Miami's favored by thirteen and a half, which thought might be a tad much for them against Pittsburgh and so kind of a notable one there the other notable one I thought maybe was like Auburn at South Carolina number 15 Auburn only getting three points as a favorite going to South Carolina so that might be might be one to watch too any any others for you that stand out besides those ones that was about it honestly like you said it wasn't it wasn't a great week for for big games but definitely that biggest one Georgia Bama yeah, I definitely have a pick on that one later on, too. What we'll get to when we get to the best five. So kind of moving along to the NFL, um, we had since the last time we talked, we had the Seahawks uh, Vikings game on Sunday Night Football. Do you want to kind of talk about that? What happened there? Yeah, so uh, Seattle, I mean, I thought this game was like clear cut. Seattle was going to win and win handily. And at halftime, they were down 13 nothing. So if you would have live betted Seattle, I mean, you would have got a pretty good money line there. Um, but they came back in the second half, and they ended up beating um, Minnesota on a game-winning drive with under two minutes left. But the over-under came down to uh, a two-point conversion with uh, 15 seconds left after Seattle scored to take the lead. I think they scored to go up by – did they go up by one, and they went for two to go up by three? Was that it? I think so, because I think it was a one-point win for the Seahawks, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. So the point total was at 53, and if they would have hit the two-point conversion, uh, it would have hit 55, and the over-under is set at 54. So that was kind of like the game within the game there is that two-point conversion decided the over-under. Isn't, how, isn't it crazy how Vegas can be so right on with the score of these games? Yeah, I mean, it seems like almost every game they're right there with it. You know, the spread and the over-under, it's, it's really impressive. For sure, for sure. 
And then kind of moving along to a couple of the other games that played earlier this week, we had, we touched on this one earlier, Saints Chargers on Monday Night Football. We said that we, the over hit, you know, fairly easy. There was really no sweating that one out at all. And the Saints kind of rallied back from down 20 to three. And so if you would have, you know, put some money on the Saints live, you would have definitely what uh, made a lot of money there. Yeah, a real good value down 17 points. I mean, crazy. And those lines, like when you live bet, they get they jump up so high and so I low. know it's crazy. I love I love kind of watching just watching the lines move up and down so so fast and like. And just, sometimes it's hard, it's hard to get a bet in like when you're I trying know. To, when you're trying to bet and it loads and it'll change like that fast. It, it's crazy. Or it like locks and you can't like can't really do anything at all till it like unlocks and stuff. Yeah. Yep. It's. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. I don't know who's changing those lines all the time, but it's impressive. They've got quite the job to do that. And then <laughs> the game that happened Tuesday night, a rare Tuesday night football game. I think I saw a stat was like they had a Tuesday night game in like 2010. 2010. 2010. That was the, and then there was, hadn't been one before that until like what the 70s? Was that right? I, or earlier? Yeah. Before? Somebody was telling me the one before the 2010 game was like 1946, but that could be wrong. But it had been a while. Definitely. Either way, yeah, very long time ago. Uh, like we said earlier, really nothing to the tight or yeah, the Titans pretty much at, without you know really practicing or playing a game in two weeks. They just came in flat out, dominated, covered the game, over a hit, ended up winning the whole thing. Really, Buffalo was never really a factor to win that game at all. So nothing really to too much to cover that we already didn't say. And so then some other NFL news from this week, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, they had a quite the story that popped up today. They had some positive cases within the, uh, within the team organization. I don't, it was a, it wasn't a player. It was, it was a coach that tested positive, right? Yeah. I think what I saw, it wasn't a player. So uh, mm -hmm. hopefully they can get that game in on Sunday. Yeah. So as of right now, the game at Minnesota is still going on as scheduled but it's still a question mark depending on results of uh tests tests between now and sunday so keep an eye on that and then just tonight yet before we hopped on here uh Le'Veon bell got released by the jets earlier this week and tonight all he signs with the kansas city chiefs so chiefs rich get richer i guess they get another great running back to go along with their high-powered offense and they weren't the favorite to win the Super Bowl now. They definitely sure are now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that offense, it's loaded with weapons, gets another one. And, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I mean, I mean, yeah. he's looked pretty soft so far. And you wonder what kind of touches they – how do they split those touches in the backfield? I mean, I – like, yeah, I, I definitely think, like, Clyde's definitely still, like, the number one back. But, I mean, like, this isn't the Le'Veon Bell from the Steelers days, you know. It's, like, a, he's a years removed from that. And, like, I don't think he's near the same running back as he was back then. So, I mean, I I don't know. It'll be kind of interesting. I, do you think – do he just signed tonight? So, I doubt he plays this weekend, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to get familiar with an offense that quick, but – yeah, like you said, you wonder what's left in the tank. I mean, it's it's been years since since that Le'Veon, but also he's been stuck in New York with a bad team and a bad offensive system that hasn't done much. So you wonder how much that factored into it too. But it'll be exciting to see him play with the Chiefs. Yeah, for sure. I was just looking up how old he was because I don't think he's 30 yet, is he? 
I, I actually, I don't know. I'm not for sure. I'm looking it up right now as we speak. And give me another, give me another second here. My thing's being a little bit slow. So um, he's out of Michigan State, isn't he? Yeah, Michigan State. I remember yeah. him when he played against Iowa a few times too. And it says he was born born in '92, so that would make him oh 28. So not not quite hitting 30. Yeah, so he still got a couple years for the magic number of 30. So I think yeah. he could still be productive and behind the Chiefs' offensive line and stuff and all that. Oh stuff. goodness, yeah, and that offense almost anybody could be productive. Andy, <laughs> Reed's, Andy Reed's awesome. For sure, for sure. Then we've got another another great slate of NFL games. I kind of, on our little cheat sheet here, I kind of listed all, all the uh, all the games I had listed here through Sunday Night Football. So, are there any other any games here that kind of stand out to you at all? Oh, the, yeah. There's definitely a few. I think um, the Bears and the Panthers is an interesting matchup. Um, mm-hmm. The Bears, I mean. I mean, four and one. And after that win against Tampa, I think people start taking them a little more serious. So that'll be an interesting matchup. Carolina's won three straight. So a couple of hot teams there. And then I would say the matchup of the day is Green Bay, Tampa, a battle of mm-hmm. two of the league's um, most decorated quarterbacks and playing at a pretty high level this year, surprisingly. I kind of thought they're on the back ends of their career, but they've played really solid so far. So that'll be a good matchup to watch. For sure, and going along with those picks, I would say um, De- uh, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers are both. I believe they're both four and one or three and one at this point. So yeah, Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's four and zero, oh, I think, and Cleveland's four and one. I want to say okay. So yep, same ballpark, and th- this is the first game since that infamous uh, Miles Garrett situation with uh, Mason Rudolph from last year. So it'll be the Keep all eyes, I'm sure, will be on definitely Miles Garrett for sure. And then I'm sure both cameras will sh- shown to uh, Mason Rudolph a little bit on the sideline there. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how it happens there. And it's not only that, it's because, uh, you know, both teams are very successful so far in the season. And Mike Tomlin, a Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, has been on record saying, hey, we're not really concerned about what happened last year. He's always great for quotes and stuff. He says something like, this isn't a reality TV show. We're worried about the Cleveland Browns in 2020. They're four and one and so forth. And so we're worried about the game on Sunday. So I would love to, if I was a player, I'd love to play for Mike Tomlin. He's always a great, great guy to hear from. Oh, yeah. It's felt like he's been in the league a long time too. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. I wonder. He was definitely in, when those when the Steelers were like, you know, mid 2000s in the Super Bowl. I'm sure he, I think he was there at least in 07 and that kind of thing, too. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that game Sunday, if there'll be any prop bets on uh, personal fouls or punches thrown <laughs> or ejections or something. Yeah. That'll be <laughs> one thing to keep an eye on, too. So, <laughs> yeah. Check your sports books. For sure. For sure. So, <laughs> Yeah, we can. That's kind of a few of the notable games from. I thought it was more of like a weaker NFL card this week too. So there was a few games in there that kind of keep an eye on too. So, yeah, compared to the chaos of what we've had these past few weeks with all the sports going on, this is this feels like a pretty calm week with the NBA being done and some, mm-hmm. like you said, some kind of weaker slates. So, yeah, kind of a quieter week for sure. And uh, since we last talked, congrats to the LA Lakers on their 
NBA Finals Championship. They're number 17, I believe. And um, I'm pretty sure I think the Lakers covered that game pretty easily there, if I remember correctly. It was feels that feels like forever ago. Even I know, like, yeah. I was hoping for the Heat to to extend that some more, but yeah, that that last game turned out to be kind of a blowout. For sure. So uh, unless we have anything else, we can jump jump into our best five for this coming weekend. You want to go ahead and start? Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so my first pick, uh, I'm going to go with the Lions minus three against Jacksonville. Uh, the Lions, you know, they've only won one game, but um, they've had a really tough schedule. You know, they played Chicago. They played Green Bay. Um, they beat Arizona, who looked really solid at the start of the year. So, and, you know, Jacksonville – hasn't looked great in the past few weeks. Um, so yeah, I'm going Detroit minus three. I do like that. Detroit's on the road, I believe, at Jacksonville and getting three points. So it'll be kind of be a good one to watch too for maybe maybe it'd be a high scoring game too with the Lions offense and then Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars. So it'll be another one to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. I'll go ahead. My first pick, I am going on a game we talked about earlier, Texas A&M minus four and a half over Mississippi State. I think that, uh, you know, this Texas A&M team has proved they can put up points uh, over, you know, a good Florida team, even though the Florida defense wasn't great. I think the A&M, I think Texas A&M is a little bit better than what Miss, Mississippi State though, compared to what they did with Florida. So I think Texas A&M should be able to cover four and a half points against Mississippi State. I like that pick because, you know, after I think it was week one when, when Mississippi State beat LSU, you mm-hmm. know, I thought I thought this team is a national title contender. But what, what we didn't realize was LSU was, was terrible. LSU has been bad. <laughs> and then, you know, Mississippi State came up and what did they put up? Two points against Kentucky? A whopping two points, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I actually like that pick. That's a good pick. Um, let's see. My second pick, I'm going to go with uh, the Vikings minus four over Atlanta. I think Atlanta is uh, just, I mean, that defense is terrible. There's secondaries beat up. They get carved up every week. And Minnesota looked really good last week against Seattle. They might not have won, but um, they went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league at Seattle. So, I think Minnesota rolls there. They're at home. I think they 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 probably win by double digits. I like Minnesota minus four. That that along with you know the Falcons firing Dan Quinn, kind of firing their was the GM got fired as well. Yep, yep. They wiped out the GM and the head coach and the special teams coach too. So quite a quite a few quite a few faces gone. So it might be a might be a rough week for the Falcons going in this week. So yeah, I don't mind I don't mind that pick at all. Uh, my next pick, I am going uh, another game we talked about, Alabama, Georgia. I am taking the under of 56 and a half. So it originally opened up at 59 and has dropped since to 56 and a half as of Thursday evening. So like we said, with the Nick Saban factor being gone and Georgia's defense plays great in their first few games here, I think the Alabama defense, even though they've gave up a lot of points last week to Ole Miss, I feel that Alabama's defense can rise up and keep it a low scoring game. So I'm taking the Alabama Georgia under 56 and a half points. That was an over under I actually looked at and couldn't decide on because, you know, like you said, Bama just had that, I mean, huge shootout against Ole Miss where it was like both teams were in the fifties, I want to say. 
And then you got Georgia's defense, like you said, is arguably the best defense in the country. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to see which, you know, which side of that comes out on Saturday. For sure, yep. All right, so my next pick, uh, I'm going with college football as well. I'm going to take uh, Miami over 29 and a half points against Pittsburgh, a matchup we talked about earlier. Um, Miami's put up quite a bit of points this year. They've scored 30-plus in three of the four games. The one game they didn't was last week against Clemson, who's one of the best teams in the country. And then Pitt has given up 30-plus the last two weeks. So I like Miami to, to score 30-plus there. I don't hate that pick. Uh, Pittsburgh always – it's Pittsburgh and who's the other team in the ACC that always gives me, like, whenever I go one way, they go the other way. If I – if I bet them, they lose bad. If I don't, then they destroy whatever team I go against. I think it's Pittsburgh and I want to say like Boston College are the two teams that give me fits in the <laughs> ACC there. So, yeah, I could definitely see, you know, Miami putting up some points on Pittsburgh there. Um, I'll go with my third pick. My third pick is my only NFL pick. I'm taking really the only NFL game I feel confident in is Bears one, plus one and a half points at the Panthers and along with Moneyline. Over the Panthers, though, the Bears are an underdog going into this game, despite, you know, being four and one. And so I think the Bears should not have any problem taking on Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers. I I actually agree with you. I'm going to piggyback off you there. And my underdog pick of the week is the Bears money line. They I got them plus 125 earlier in the week, and I think it's down to like plus 105 now. Yep. I'm I'm with you honestly. I I was surprised that they're that they're underdogs. I'm sure it's just because they're they're on the road. It's in Carolina, but I mean that defense has been really great. I mean you can't argue with four and one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Bears money line. And I think if I remember correctly, usually no matter what, the home team always gets three points. Because I'm looking up the current thing now, and it did open at Carolina minus three, and it since dropped to Bears or Carolina minus one and a half. So usually. Home team automatically gets three points then, so it you know it's gradually moving towards the Bears there. So, Yeah, that's what I know it as, is the home team just gets three points. Yep, for sure. And then, so my last two picks here, I kind of like, like last week you said you went outside the box a little bit, you went with the NASCAR pick. I'm going with a couple UFC picks. The UFC has a fight night card this week, and I decided to take two picks from there. So I'll start with my first one. I am taking uh, – her name's Caitlin Chukagan. She is taking on Jessica Andrade. I am taking Caitlin Chukagan plus 125 to beat Jessica Andrade. I kind of pulled up their last couple fights, and um, Jessica Andrade, she is coming up off uh, two loss fight or two fight, excuse me, two losses in a row here. Um, her last fight's coming came against Rose Namanahunas in July here where she lost by decision or split decision actually. And that was at fight Island in Abu Dhabi. And um, her, or the fight before that was last August. She lost to Zhang Wili by TKO. So she's coming off two fight losing streak there. And then meanwhile, uh, Caitlin Chukagan, she beat her last opponent, uh, Antonia Shevchenko by unanimous decision back in May and lost the fight before that to Valentina Shevchenko, who's very good for, that was for the flyweight championship 
I was uh, back in February. That seems like forever ago. So I'm taking Caitlin Chukagan but just to overall to win plus 125. I like the, I like the UFC pick. I was <laughs> I was looking at because pretty much all we have this week is baseball and football. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to look at something kind of offbeat like soccer or maybe NASCAR, but I couldn't find anything. So I like that definitely. Yeah. Um. So I have I have my fifth and final pick here. It's also my lock of the week. I am taking the Packers minus one against the Bucks. Um, I think Green Bay is playing like one of the best teams in the NFL, right up there with mm-hmm. Kansas City, who actually just lost to Oakland, and uh, Seattle, who's spinning a lot of close games. Uh, they're coming off a bye, so they've had a lot of time to prep. Uh, they've just look great this year. Um, Tampa Tampa struggled in their last few games. They got down big to the Chargers, and then uh, the Bears the Bears took them down on Thursday Night Football. So mm-hmm. uh, I like Green Bay minus one. It's my lock of the week. Yeah, be- definitely Packers are up there at one of the top teams in the league. There's no really denying that. So is it, I believe is it at Tampa? Correct. Yep, it's at Tampa, and it's like a three thirty kickoff. Okay. Yeah. So probably, probably a prime time Fox game if I had to guess, not hundred percent sure. Yeah. Probably that. a Buckingham Fox game. Perfect. And then my last pick for my best five pick, I'm back to the UFC. I am taking the Korean zombie minus minus one eighty over Brian Ortega. This is my lock of the week. Um, this is the main event of the fight card. Um, Korean zombie. He's coming off. He's coming on a two fight win streak. He had last uh, beat, beat. Let me see if I can pronounce this guy's name right. Renato Moseno, I think. He beat him last June, and then he beat Frankie Edgar in this uh, in December. So almost uh, coming off a year layoff there. They both fights he won by TKO, and then Brian Ortega. He his last fight was December of 2018. So coming up on almost two years, he lost to Max Holloway, and that was for the featherweight championship. Uh, he lost by TKO doctor stoppage, so kind of the doctor kind of had to jump in and call off the fight there. So I think just given uh, Brian Ortega had the longer layoff, almost two years compared to Korean Zombie, just under a year, I think Korean Zombie takes this fight. So I'm taking Korean Zombie minus 180 over Brian Ortega. And that's really interesting. I like that you went that route because I know I have some friends who are like huge in the UFC. Like they go to like they'll go to like Buffalo Wild Wings and like mm-hmm. order food and like sit and watch the whole fight cards. So that's that's sweet. And you said um, uh, the Korean Zombies actually he's favored. Yes. Yep. Minus minus 180 favorite as of right now. OK. Yeah. Just looking at the records. He's 16 and five and Ortega's 14 and one. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like you said, maybe that layoff played a factor. Could be, yep, yep, so. Okay, got anything else at all? Are we kind of going to wrap it up here? I don't, no, nope. those are our picks for the week, and as we said earlier, Trevor, you're at four and four, and I'm at four and five, so you're up uh, half a game in the standings. I'm sure that, that I'm sure that, that might change it all after when we talk again on Sunday, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it'll shift around a little bit. Yep, so. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Go ahead and follow the Zoom Disputed podcast, both on Twitter and Instagram, and go ahead and give us each a follow on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at Trevor Shores on both. 
Yep, and I'm at Colton Spore on Twitter and at Spore03 on Instagram. All right, that sounds good. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Yep, thanks for watching, everybody. All right, welcome back to Sweating the Board, the gambling segment for the Zoom Disputed Podcast. I am Trevor Shores, one of your co-hosts for the se uh, segment here.